welcome everybody welcome to the industry 4.0 weekly live stream it's so good to have you guys here um, i'm here with vaughn turner and i'm your host zach scriven thank you guys for tuning into the channel uh this week we're going to it's just going to be us uh, me you and vaughn here answering your guys's questions walker's uh busy on a dtma right now that's right vaughn he's on a dtma right now that's correct so we're going to get started here in a second thanks vaughn hey liam hey mario hey ben venema hey mario hey david schultz um david schultz got a big shout out this schultz. week on the dtma yeah. linkedin video david so so um and dan Riken can't forget dan Riken. the rule of board what one node knows all nodes know so anyways as you guys all get in here let's get started uh this is the industry 4.0 weekly live we've been doing this every week here tuesday at noon central standard time right where texas is that's where our headquarters is in dallas uh, Carrollton office, uh, our Carrollton offices right there. And so every week we get, uh, we go live, we answer your questions from the industry 4.0, uh, community discord server. There's a link to join that. If you guys aren't already, there's over 1,750 members, which is truly amazing. The growth in there is absolutely insane. It's, it's more conversations and, um, and development and, and collaboration taking place than anywhere I've ever seen in industry. And it's more than, than Vaughn and I, you know, it's, we're, 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 we, we manage it and we do the best that we can. But, uh, you know, it's funny, I actually had a question or I had, I had a conversation the other day, uh, with someone and, you know, they were kind of skeptical about 4.0 solutions as far as, you know, any opportunities that come into 4.0 solutions, they kind of just assumed that that would automatically just funnel straight to Intellic integration for, uh, Intellic integrations are system integration arm. And I was like, that's funny because that's actually the exact opposite way that we structured it. Um, yes, Intellic is one of our main partners. They're our system, sister system integrator, but we also have a community of um, you know 50 mastermind um, members and not only mastermind, but we have our mentorship program of over 150 people. And so we have this big group of other integrators, other solutions providers, other solutions architects, all going through various uh, steps of their training. And so, you know, we don't we don't own the Discord. The Discord is owned by the community. It's owned by you guys. I was talking with Dave Schultz the other day. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're so helpful in the Discord, like answering people's questions and and demonstrating your expertise. That I wouldn't be surprised if people didn't just send a DM straight to you and ask for business. You know, ask to work with you. And he was like, yep, they do. You know, <laughs> so if you actually look at all the business that's being generated in the Discord, more than 70% of it is going to the community, straight back to the community, to our, um, to you guys. So there will be a link down to uh, down there be uh, below to join the Discord. Again, 1,750 members. Um, so we got a lot of questions for you guys today. Again, Walker Reynolds is going to be not on the stream, but that's okay because I, I got you guys covered. You know, I was just saying to Vaughn, I'm like, there's no reason I should be nervous right now. I've been doing this for three years now. And, um, you know, but even then I was like saying, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a marketer, right? I, I do industry 4.0 marketing. Um, but I, I come from a technology background, right? But I still wouldn't put myself leading a DTMA, right? Because that requires a proper training requires a proper, um, full stack experience. I, I wouldn't try to say I could lead a digital transformation of a large organization. And that's me being humble. Right. Um, so there's this whole conversation about like marketers leading digital transformation efforts and hey, Jason, hey, John McKeon, like John McKeon, I would trust to lead a DTMA, John McKeon and GIS. There are there are partner. Um, John was one of the first members to join Mastermind. I was listening to a video that got shared the other day. It's the the future of the historian. And in that video, Walker starts it out by saying, I had a part, I had a conversation with someone who was just like Sorry, us in Ireland. That was John McKeon. <laughs> that was the, that was Walker talking about the initial conversation that he had with John McKeon. Fast forward to over three years later, they're one of our main partners in Ireland, helping us deliver DTMAs at scale to large, um, in pharma, uh, <laughs> the life sciences industry. We couldn't do that without you guys. So 
you know, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to get off my soapbox here and I'm going to get to your guys' questions. So I just wanted to share that because, you know, like I said, I'd have, oh, I have no reason to be nervous because you guys are right there behind me, you know? So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you, John. All right, can you guys see that? All right, there we go. Yep. So today it's just me and Vaughn. <laughs> we took a new screen. We took a new thumbnail shot. All right. So Manufacturing Solutions University, you guys should have got a, received an email for this. This is an event on June third. Quick update, um, guys. Go see. Register for this event. Walker has said that you know it's it's aimed at a more broad audience. It's at a higher level than some of our content. Um, but still, I, I think it's great. Um, you know, I edited it together. It's a 45 minute, 50 minute keynote. Click the link. Um, uh, actually, I'll drop it. We'll, we'll drop it in the Discord, but click that link to register and uh, support uh, tech data. And that, that speech is sponsored by Intel. So thank you, Intel, for sponsoring it. Uh, moving on to our next event we have coming up for you guys, the Architecting Your Industry 4.0 Career Summer Launch Event. We're at 2,900 registrants. Uh, so I was telling Vaughn, you know, a lot of people are excited about this event. I'm really excited. I'm getting actually a little bit nervous. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting nervous, but no, we've been doing this. So we're going to crush this event. You know, the live stream is going to run smoothly. We've got a really great like piece of content lined up for you. You guys are going to be able to walk away with a career roadmap. So a lot of people come into our community, they come into the discord and you know, they're at different stages, right? Someone is completely new and maybe they, are you know what they're going to study is going to be different than someone who's been an industry veteran for 20 years and they have to unlearn a lot of industry 3.0 stuff before they learn industry 4.0 so we're trying to create different tracks for different professionals depending on where you're at and so that's the whole goal of this to it's a free event uh it's a, it's going to be over an hour so if you just go and attend this event then you're going to walk away with a ton of value and but it is also the promotion of the launch the reopening of our mentorship program um so that's going to be really exciting and when the mentorship program opens for registration check your emails so when that opens up you'll receive an email you'll be the first to know and when when it's sold out like it's there's a limited number of the swag packs that are sponsored by phoenix contact so if you are interested in joining mentorship it, it might sell out before this June 11th event. So just keep an eye on your emails. Uh, so I have any, um, do we have any questions in the chat before we move on to the- but It is also the opening of our mentorship program. Um, so that's gonna be really exciting. And when- um, Deep said, IOT device can communicate wirelessly, then why is there a need for a control panel? because IOT devices can communicate with the PC and by somehow we run logic in that PC. Is this possible? No, why? Yes. We're actually talking about this today, Deep. Um, so the IO link, IO link master by uh, Pepperell and Fuchs makes one and also someone shared one made by IFM. These are devices that take your sensor data, you plug it straight into this IO link module and it publishes it straight into your infrastructure, bypassing the need for a PLC. So, depending on the application, you may or may not want to remove the PLC altogether, right? You're still going to want a PLC for your process critical control, but for other applications that are not as, um, you know, safety critical or just, you know, critical to be hardwired into the PLC that they're controlling. Yeah. Why not put a, put an IO link out there, wire up a few sensors and then have that published straight into the infrastructure where it belongs. So great question. Dan, school is in session. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hi, class. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Um, so Jeff said, hey, Dan, my students are on summer break, but they some may be listening. If you are from Jeff's class, thank you. Thank you for listening. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Kaylee. Kaylee. Satu, thank you for sharing. Hey, Devin. Hey, Michael Daldell from Quaterno. Michael Daldell, another member of our mastermind community, a person I would trust in to do DTMAs, we're actually working with him to, you know, bring that to the automotive industry down there in Mexico. Hey, deep. I mean, I, I have to keep talking about it because if I don't talk about it, then it's just up here in my brain. 
So I got to share it with you guys so you guys know what it is that we're doing. Hey, Mason. So, um, yeah, so this is a, this actually, this question is, um, a really great question. Um, someone, someone asked about the ISA 95 and how that, how that, um, relates to industry 4.0. And there was a blog article that was shared that was kind of misleading uh, or not misleading, but there was one, um, that I saw that kind of missed the point, right? They, 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 you know, just because someone wrote a blog article about ISA 95 and, and how it relates to industry 4.0 doesn't make it right. Right. But there was one that was shared that I, I did like, so I'm going to go ahead and share that here. Um, and this is by uh high bite. So Tony or not Tony Payne, um, John, John shared this one. So let's see, can you guys see this here? High bite. Yeah. Okay. So, oh shoot, I lost the, um, I was on the blog here. So under the blog, and I'll share a link to this in the show notes, but um, under resources, blog, applying ISA 95 in an industry 4.0 world. So this is by John Harrington. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty short, so I'll just go ahead and read it here for you guys. Data modeling is all about standardization. It enables interoperability, shows intent, determines trust, and ensures proper data governance. Given the criticality of usable data at scale for Industry 4.0, many manufacturers have turned to ISA 95, probably the most commonly recognized data modeling standard around the world, for guidance. Created by a standards committee at the International Society of Automation, the ISA 95 specification defines in detail the electronic information exchange between manufacturing control systems to other enterprise functions including data models and exchange definitions. The purpose of the ISA 95 is to create a standard that will define the interface between control functions and other enterprise functions based upon the Purdue ugh, reference model. I, I just, I just kind of cringe when I hear that word. Per the committee, the goal is to reduce the risk, cost, and errors associated with the system integration. I'm referring to the Purdue security model. If you guys cringe when you hear that too, let me know in the chat. Historically, ISA 95 has been the guide for many off-the-shelf and bespoke manufacturing execution systems, MES systems. Today, ISA 95 also helps industrial organizations implement data integrations that link MES, enterprise resource, ERP systems, IIT platforms, data lakes, and analytics solutions. It also eases the implementation of a unified namespace, a UNS, for enterprise data integration. The specification defines a hierarchical model for systems, detailed information models, and data flow model for manufacturing operations management, MOM. Let's take a look at these three key attributes in more detail and under, under, uncover how the ISA 95 specification can be applied within the high intelligence hub. So you, I'll, again, I'll, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll share a link to that blog article. Actually, I'll just do that right now. A really good article. Um, again, like I saw one that was the, the one that I, um, that I read that was kind of misleading was it was talking about how the, the specifically the line that was like, oh, this person clearly does not get what industry 4.0 is all about was they're saying the ISA 95 model, right? The, um, edge SCADA, MES, ERP cloud, right? Kind of that Purdue security model with many security gateways in between. They said, well, the, per the ISA 95 model is useful for knowing of which layer in the business you're going to be pulling information from and through which security gateways you're going to kind of have to hop through. And just the, the absurdity of that statement, I mean, it, if you're, if you've listened to any of our content you watched, you know, any of our videos, you've gone through the IOT mini course, that should just sound very wrong, right? You're not pulling data through any security gateways. You're publishing data from the edge report by exception, edge driven, lightweight in an open architecture format. Um, outbound only no no open ports why are you pulling data through a security gateway you know and this is a blog on, recently written on on isa so i prefer you know that's why i wanted to share this blog so all right moving on to the next one all right so i'm gonna stop sharing this And Vaughn, I had to remove you from the stream because there there was like a feedback, but um, 
So I won't be able to hear you. So if, so if there's a question in the chat, I'm just going to check it in between when I'm sharing. So we're going to move on to the next question here. Okay. Arpit Shrivista or Shrivastava said, which industries should be or required to be transformed digitally? Hold on. You're killing me, Vaughn. Which industries should be required to uh, be di transformed digitally first? Industries which really need to transform those which got serious problems. I am thinking about the same scenario in India. For getting started, what is the basic? Uh, uh, what is the basic? Well, I'll answer the first one first. So, it's definitely the automotive industry, the automotive and oil and energy industry. Um, automotive industry first because there is an, an order of like magnitude of a thousand to ten thousand times room for improvement on the machine that makes the machine than the machine itself. So, you know, while certain car companies may be focused on making a better machine if if they are even focused on that it, they're focused on making a better machine while tesla is focused on making the the machine that makes the machine right i just saw um st some stock report if you guys are interested in this tesla's return on assets deployed right their return on capital expenditure is 20 percent um so that means if they spend a billion dollars on a factory in one year, the next year they would receive $200 million in profit. That's approaching 40 to 50%. So what that means is in if it, they could build a billion dollar fact or a $2 billion factory and their return on that asset, their return on that investment would be just right around two years. Um, you're not, you know, you're not doing that without, without applying industry four auto technologies. I, I'm sorry, you know, so, but the reason why I think that one needs to be transformed first is because, um, you know, I think it aligns with the mission of trying to create a better life for people. Industry four auto is all about at the end of the day, empowering us as individuals and people. And so if we're not having a better life because of it, then that's not industry 4.0, right? So, um, you know, I, I guess the other industries would be ones that are more marginalized that like, you know, their their profit margins are being further squeezed. So um, Walker would be a better one to answer this questions because he has more uh, full stack experience in, in other industries. I, I grew up in water and wastewater. So for those of you guys that don't know, that's mostly government work, right? So and everyone needs water, you know, everyone you always need to treat treat the wastewater. So that was a pretty stable industry, uh, but it was what I didn't like about that was there was no incentive to be more efficient, right? There was no like, you know, they have all these assets out there, right? Think of the return on assets deployed, right? Let's say they spent a million dollars to build a treatment plant. They're not, you know, like the return on that assets deployed is not that efficient, especially if they're not monitoring um, that those high voltage machines to, to a very specific detail, right? Using machine learning, um, and predictive analytics to be able to, to, to prevent uh, unplanned downtime, right? To do preventative maintenance on your machines, to make sure that they're at, they're always running or your pumps, right? Your water pumps. It's more of a energy efficiency, um, play, but, but a lot of those water districts that I worked for, and, and, and again, this was like, 10 years ago. So maybe they've kind of improved since then. Maybe there's been more of a push for energy efficiency in that industry. But I mean, when I was there, I didn't see it. So, you know, they're industry 3.0 through and through. So, um, but yeah, I would say manufacturing is one of the most, one of the most, um, the reason why I like manufacturing and why Intellic, um, you know, basically made their name in manufacturing and 4.0 solutions. A lot of the a lot, a lot of what we talk about on our channel is manufacturing because manufacturings have the incentive to do more with less. They are a profit driven business, right? As opposed to government, just there to provide the service. So, um, <laughs> Michael government work, uh, no re to, to reason to improve <laughs> oil and gas is very behind Cheryl. Um, I'd be curious, what would your, what would you do if you were consulting with an oil and gas? uh, you know, small to medium oil and gas firm, what would you, you know, what would you, what would you do with them? What would you suggest? 
Seahawks. No, that's not not including their Bitcoin. It's a very specific. It's a very specific measurement. Um, if you want to look up the channel that that shared it, it's called Solving the Money Problem, um, and it's a guy who talks a lot about Tesla and, and but the the specific. I think it was Ark Invest um, that shared the the note, but it's the it's basically you know removing removing all other. Um, it's basically removing assets that are being built. So it's only assets that are in production. So it's what is the return of your assets that are actually deployed? So that removes R and D and that removes factories that are being built, but it's basically the value of the fact of your assets deployed. What is the return? What is, what are, what are those assets actually able to return at the end of the day? I mean, that's basically what the name of the game is. If you deploy a billion dollars, you know, you have other places to deploy it. You want to deploy it in the sense, in the place that makes the most sense. Right. So, um, you know, again, it was before they ramped model three, that was a negative number. I think it was like minus 3%, minus 2%. Um, the other auto manufacturers, I think they're like around seven to ten percent. Um, so Tesla's right now is at twenty percent, and that number is projected to hit forty to fifty percent. I think that we should redirect our pits question to what applications should start with. That's a great question. Yeah, so I would start with MES. I would say nine out of ten of our proof of concepts that come out of the end of a DTMA or you know digital transformation maturity assessment we recommend the proof of concept to start often in the MES layer. Why? Because th that's often the one that is lacking the most. That's where, you know, operations and management has the least insight into that area, that layer of the business. And also there's the most aha, you know, room for improvement there. Um, you know, often just by giving them insight into that number, the operators are able to solve problems themselves and improve that number just by, just by seeing it there. David Schultz said, water and wastewater is driven by regulatory requirements. There is little other incentive to change. <laughs> why Why not? Why You know, we should privatize it. We should privatize water, right? Build tunnels and, and then build better utilities. That's what I would do. All right. Um, so for getting started, what is the ba basic must-have stack for an automation engineer? Uh, like Arduino, solder gun, breadboard. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would get this Arduino MKR IOT bundle. Um, you can get you can get the um, you know the basic Arduino Uno, but um, you know that's it's it's that one's getting kind of dated. I mean, you can pick them up for like under twenty dollars right now. But I'll share an uh, affiliate link for to pick up that M MKR IOT bundle. What I like about this is um, it's about seventy dollars on Amazon and. Um, it has a 32-bit processor, has built-in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, um, comes with a breadboard, comes with a little servo, all the all the all the goodies. You know, I haven't really played around with it yet, but look at how tiny this thing is. So I would definitely get an Arduino. Um, personally, in my in my journey, I never actually, I never played around with Arduino a lot. Um, like my friends in college, they had a, the Arduino Uno. He's like, I'll check this out. But I was more, I was actually just programming PLCs. So I cut my teeth on Alan Bradley MicroLogics. But I was doing, I was going through some Arduino videos last night and, um, you know, to, to try to come up with some training that we can do for, with our, you know, our, our, our group. It's, it's really, it's really similar to a PLC, right? You have your, yeah, you can define your ins, you can define your outs, right? I mean, I, I would definitely get one of these. Um, and so just start tinkering with it. What else? Um, Python, you know, find it, find a place where you can learn Python, Python two, Python three. Um, and then other, yeah. Oh, this, this is the other one that I got. So this one is not yet, it's not even yet available on Amazon, but I just got this, a pretend machine control. So this one is actually not even going to be something I'm actually going to be filming a video on just comparing this to that. Like what's the difference between, you know, What, you know, what is the difference between this Arduino that's, you know, a prototyping thing and this that could actually go out on production, production machines on OEMs, right? Equipment that you sell. The reason why Arduino Pro uh, and also everything that it supports, right? It supports the minimum technical requirements and just the amount of inputs that this thing has and then, you know, supports MQTT. 
I, I'm not sure if it's sports spark plug B, but there is an open library that we can, you know, as a community create that if we needed to. Um, but you know, I would like to see spark plug support on it. Here, let me remove this. So, um, you know, this, this actually, um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to do a video on this and share more about it, but I could see this being like, you know, this covers, you know, eight, 80, 90% of your, your OEM machines, right? It's got your basic digital ins, digital outs, but it's also got encoders. It's got analog ins. It's got analog outs. It's also got temperature probes. So, and it's also got H HMI com communication ports. Um, does it does do, does do Modbus? Um, that was a question that Rafi had. Does do CAN, CAN bus? So, and it's an industrial product uh, th under four hundred bucks. So, can you write your own Sparkplug B module? I, I can't. <laughs> I know. I mean, I I probably could if I really focused on it, but. I think it would be better if we if we created like a hackathon day and then we as a community, you know, got together and 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 you know, toyed around with this. What I was thinking was why not build a little machine with this like build a little prototype with this and then have this be like the actual so this is the machine and this is the the controller that monitors the machine. So, you know, we build like a little thing with the servos, like some little simple machine that does some simple process. And then this is there to monitor it, you know, I don't know. That's, that's what my thought is, but there's also a lot of like, you know, other tutorials and other channels that, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of good resources out there for Arduino and the pro like this portenta machine control is like really the intersection of the IOT tinkerer world and the IIOT industrial world. So that's, what's exciting about it to see those two worlds combine. Michael Daldell said Arduino and Pi are cool to learn on, but Portenta equals Harden. I just, I really like saying it too. Portenta. It's an Italian company. <laughs> Arduino. Um, Cheryl, Dave said so Cheryl McRae and Intellic provides real-time rig monitoring. Yeah, that would be yeah, if you had an application as a service, if you had, I mean, if you wanted to write, let's say, an MES application and just host it and then you could ship this you know you could have a free trial you ship this to your client already programmed they just put it on their machine plug it in and then you can enable them you know through unified namespace uh, the private own private cloud for oe dashboards and then they could just integrate that right into their own private infrastructure once once that proof of concept was um you know bought in all right i'm going to keep moving on here Um, I hope that was, I hope that was a good answer to your question. I would definitely get this. And then, you know, like you can get, you can get the PLC next, you can get the, you know, Opto 22 Groove Epic or the, you know, there's other PLCs that you can get too, but you know, those, they, they start to kind of go up in price. So, you know, it's, it's depend on what your budget is, but you know, get it all. <laughs> next question. Um, Manish, oh man, I, I was going through your interview with Brad DeMarco on OE. Oh, I think, no, actually we, we already answered this one or no, no. He said we're answered this. Walker said we're going to answer this one next week. So we're going to, we're going to skip out this one. Uh, Ray, Ryu Kaplan said, have you ever used site machine for any use cases? Uh, do you have any opinions of, of it? So site machine, it's a manufacturing data platform, a single data foundation for operations and analysis continuously transforms and analyzes all plant data so that you can focus on improving production. Let's, let's take a quick look at it. Still see this. There we go. I, I have not, I have not seen it. Um, so definitely looks interesting. Um, can, looks like they're doing some digital threading here. Um, one of the things we also like to look at is see if the pricing is transparent, or if we have to contact someone. Also, the other litmus test that we that we like to do is, you know, see if we can just download it and start playing with it ourselves. Uh, last but not least is, you know, on their technology stack, do they support Sparkplug? Right, right here, I would like to see 
Sparkplug B support and a unified namespace support, or you know, at least something that's edge-driven, lightweight, report by exception, and open, right? Um, all right, transform. This looks like maybe if there was if this was compliant with the unified namespace, it looks like it would be right right here at this layer, this transform, you know, data ops layer. I mean, it looks like I like their graphics for sure. Website's beautiful. Yeah, um, if you guys do have anything, like like I, this is just my first impression. So um, if you are working at Site Machine, please do join the Discord because there are people asking about your product. And also, if you guys, if I shouldn't have to say this, but there's no selling in the Discord. So, you know, for, I'm not saying this was you, but it, like, let's say you owned a, an IoT product and you're like, hey, have you guys ever heard of this? And you shared it. And it, we come to find out that that's like, that, that's like your product and you're just like, um, peddling it, like, don't do that guys. Come on. But you know, if you are a customer and you're considering evaluating this, yeah, sure. Because we want to, we want to evaluate it too. We want to make sure that, you know, even if it's not compliant with our technology stack right now, we, we would like it at least to be on the roadmap to be right. We don't see a reason why they couldn't. All right, moving on. I hope this is not boring for you guys. I know I'm not Walker Walker D Reynolds. Oh, I like this. So IoT Analytics shared this. And maybe this is like not that valuable, but I don't know. I just I liked it. Uh what CEOs talked about in Q1 2021 versus Q4 2020. Um, so up in the top right, you have high and growing in importance. And in the bottom left, you have low and fading in importance. So, um, right, so this is the growth on the vertical axis and the importance on the horizontal axis. And, you know, up, up on the top, obviously, vaccines, vaccinations, COVID, lockdown. But kind of right in the middle, you had your IoT, uh, 5G, AI, and analytics kind of emerging here. And then there's this, this category right here called sustainability that kind of caught my, caught my attention. Um, Never heard of ESG. I do know, uh, H, what is it? HSR, health and safety. Vaughn, what is that new category? Um, ESR that we that we might potentially add a new new breakout new new category, a sixth category to the DTMA. Was it like ESR? Yes. Yeah. So that's um you know like uh, keep keep an keep an eye out for that um, ESG emissions sustainability. Um. So that's that's something interesting. So this was shared in the Discord. I, I think it was Javier who shared it. So thank you. Uh, Brad Feo asked, with all the architecture conversations to attain a unified namespace and having a commonality and consistency throughout the stack. I find it a little interesting security isn't being talked about uh, from what I've seen really at all. Maybe I've missed it if it has been discussed or you've done a video on it. Any threads you can refer me to, Zach? Um, no, you haven't missed it. We do talk about it, but it's typically a short conversation because um, it goes like this. Um, you talk, your talk with the IT department should go something like this. By supporting Sparkplug B, right? But by supporting MQTT, we can publish our data out from the edge, outbound only. We don't need any open inbound ports. So, from a security standpoint, it's basically just locked down. You know, there's no, there's no additional opening of ports that needs to be done. So, it's it's like asking, hey, you know, if I get an apartment and I get a internet service right and have a router and it comes configured out of the box as like with security and i plug my home laptop into it like where we miss the conversation about security yeah because it's just secure by default you know what i'm saying like it's just something that you just do so there's no there's no need to talk about the security you know i hope that was helpful <laughs> outbound only in tls yes 
So it's basically just, it's like, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's almost like a rendezvous almost like you, you're kind of rendezvousing at a, at a broker's location outbound only. So you're both publishing out to this neutral third party broker that, um, you know, just make sure you secure that broker, right? So you're only securing one point and all the edge edge nodes are already secure as if, as if they were just publishing from your, your home apartment, you know, behind a firewall. Like no one says when I, when I get internet at my house and I go on the internet, how am I secure yet? When all we're trying to do is publish some values over an outbound only port, it's all of a sudden a big deal, you know? You would say it's secure by the design with the design of MQTT. Yes, the architecture, edge driven. If you want to know in our minimum technical requirements, which pillar that falls under, edge driven, it falls under that. So edge driven, you know, report by exception, lightweight, open architecture, edge driven makes it secure. And Matt Paris is a good guy to talk to if you want to get more detailed on that. But um, that's a great question, Brad. I would, I would think that there's, there's overemphasis on security. And at the end of the day, like if you're just producing something, the, the barriers that you place on yourself by, you know, having this goal of security are, you know, making you step over dollars to pick up pennies when you could just be more efficient producing with data. That's not really that sensitive anyways. Now, now if it is sensitive, it's still secure. So don't, you know, don't take that as me saying it's you know not secure, but I mean, I just think overall the, the obsession of security, um, you know, is, is a bit of a, I don't know, it's, we could, we could debate that another day. I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm just thinking about this pipeline thing now though, because you know, someone's going to say, well, but, but Zach, you know, this natural gas pipeline got hacked and you know, they had to pay 4 million Bitcoin to unlock their pipeline. Well, yeah, because it's probably because they weren't using the minimum technical requirements. <laughs> so, you know, give us a call. <laughs> anyone here into Rust? No, I don't know. <laughs> Is anyone here into Rust? Are you guys into Rust? Is that a, I think it's a language. What is Rust? It's okay to Google this. I know what rust is. <laughs> Let's find out. Rust is an iron oxide, usually reddish brown oxide, formed by the reaction of iron oxygen and the catalyst presence of water and air or air moisture. Rust programming language. Rustling. A friend. Uh, a friendly language empowering everyone to build reliable and efficient software. Hmm. Useful for embedded programming, Rust in production. Interesting. No, I haven't heard of it. Um, if anyone's uh, used Rust or Rust is supposed to, Ben Venema said Rust is supposed to be the replacement for C++. I would trust Ben on that. Ben's, Ben's a programming whiz. Phil said it's a it's a programming language. Thank you, Phil. Security is also used by the less competent to stymie innovation of those with higher competence because they are frightened by change. Right, because once you say, "Well, it's not secure," right, you know, you've immediately made the assumption that it's not secure. But you <laughs> you know, like it's kind of hard to argue with that. You know, it's hard to argue with stupid. Eaton's PLC were the source of the pipeline hack. It's good to know. It's picking up in popularity in the Stack Overflow surveys. Pro. So I I don't um, I don't I use Python and um, you know like I, don't, I haven't really used a whole lot of C plus plus. I know like C uh, C sharp and .NET are you know what we would use and in factory studio or like Python and ignition or Jython. Um, but
let's try to find like one of these charts like TypeScript. Yeah, so these are like pretty interesting to see like the popularity of different programming languages over time. But the question is with Yeah, so looks like it's kind of slowly gaining. Looks like it's been around for a while though. Like it dates back to before 2014 had a look like a growth but then it looks like it's sort of lost out with the TypeScript. And then you also have Kotlin. But, you know, I don't know enough about it to know what its pros or cons are or how it would be used for industry, more importantly. It's hard to argue because there is no holy grail in security. It is always evolving and there should be always a minimum standard in a cost-effective way. Great, great point, Mario. We got an internal memo to check on these PLCs. Thanks for sharing. So if you guys have eaten PLCs, join the Discord and, and ask for help. One of one of our one of our one of our team will reach will be will be in contact with you. Can you uh, Vijay said, can you please share some knowledge on how single pair Ethernet technology, Ethernet APL providing seamless Ethernet connectivity from enterprise to sensor actuator level, is it better than Profibus PA? Hmm. I don't I don't know enough about about this to answer. Um, single pair Ethernet technology. It kind of sounds like almost sounds a little bit like IO link. I know IOLink, I think it goes off of a two-wire system. I could be wrong, though, I think. But IOLink, I, you know, it's just sending data over the, the main, I believe it's the power, you know, the power of the device, right? It's, um, you know, it's a binary protocol to encapsulate your um, sensor data into that, you know, I guess, right, something similar to single-pair Ethernet technology. If you guys have used that, I, I'm, I'm not really that experienced on Profibus PA either, so... Um, but I knew, I do know that, you know, for like, if you have like a, a lot of, um, let's say you have a lot of sensors or like a lot of certain type of equipment that support that bus, it makes more sense to do a bus and then like bus all of those. Like I was working on a project, an advanced water treatment project for in California. And we, we had like 20 or something chemical pumps and all like each chemical pump had you know, four inputs and five outputs and, you know, had a speed command and had a, and had a feedback on how fast it was running and all those parameters, right? If you did all those, like your traditional way, like if you did, if you wired it this way, like, you know, running, you know, pump running is a digital in and pump stopped is a digital in and pump start command is a digital out. And, you know, the feedback is an analog. You could do it this way, right? You actually, now they think about it. If you just put one of these on each, you know, if it didn't support, if it didn't already support, like let's say Sparkplug B or some sort of communication protocol, you could just have that on the device and and then publish it out that way. But for this particular application, it was like all outdoor, and uh, these particular pumps supported Profibus uh, DP. I think I think it's Profibus D DP distributed protocol. I think or distributed peripheral. I could be wrong. Oh, uh, Booty said IOLink is a three-wire system. Thank you. Technology is leading by Pepper, Pepperell and Fuchs. Thank you. SAPL is very effective. Yeah, and, and basically it boils down to like, you know, rather than you know sending 10 wires to each of these pumps, we just send one Profibus DP cable that each one of them, you know, kind of plugged into. And um, that was an interesting project. Yeah. That, I didn't like, I didn't like how that project was designed. It was like all... It was like all, it was like all Rockwell. I mean, I like the PLCs. I like that it was like Rockwell Control Logics PLCs. Um, but it like, it was all like factory, factory, factory talk and, and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of cumbersome to develop, but that's just my opinion. Um, all right, moving on before I get in trouble here. Um, 
I should have I should have just all right I should have bookmarked the all right so moving on yeah so if you guys are using Rust let us know what OPC <laughs> I'm not going to be able to answer this question but if you guys are able to answer this what OPC companion specs are best in class in terms of the model itself this is a serious question um, the model itself market uptake and completeness of integration with OPC itself from RKWAD so if you guys know if you guys are a if you are if you work at an OEM or you have worked with a product that has a, a really good OPC companion spec, let us know. We're we're interested to know what is the best in class OPC companion spec, what makes it best in class, and you know, what can we learn from it? JS asks, has anyone worked with Siemens Mindspear? What was your experience like? I know that um, Michael Daldell has. Michael, are you still on here? Michael responded in the uh, the Discord. Um, I, yeah, so I don't I don't I don't know enough about it. Um, I know that he said it was a while ago, so it sounds like he's not using it anymore. But let's move on to the next one. Matt Paris, has anyone made use of the softing EATM module to have an OPC UA server on the control logics or compact logics PLCs? Does it auto-detect the available registers and dynamically make it available as the PLC code is modified? That's a good question. I'm not familiar with the softing EATM module, Matthew, but if you know more about it, let us know and we will um, we'll leave this one in here for next week. This one was kind of funny, Ben <laughs> Dear Vision Module, please make the default property filter all instead of basic. Love, Ben. <laughs> that one was from a while ago. I just thought it was funny. All right, so Henning asked, how are you building your manual Sparkplug B topics and payload? Did you build an end birth payload and a D birth payload and a publish both before publishing the D data payload? If you haven't looked into the examples from the Eclipse group, this one helped me. And he shared the link to the Eclipse Tahoe example where they're addressing the existence of a legacy SCADA DCS ICS protocol. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing, Henning. I'm not sure if that was a question there, but he was responding to, there was like a thread with Davy Jans about MQTT, Sparkboat B, so... Um, yeah, so this question he was asking Dave, yeah, so he was asking Dave, how are you building your, your topics? But I would be interested to hear Walker's, you know, take on how he's building his topics or any insight he has on that. Cause I know it's something that a lot of the OEMs, especially when we're first working with them, getting them on, on boarded to spark plug B. Those are questions that they all ask. John Forboard asked, how about a primer on ERPs? How is a typical ERP deployed? Is customization required? How is it customized? What dif differentiates the ERP market and the SCADA market being IT and not OT vendor locked and other factors? How to recognize a best in class industry 4.0 ERP provider? All right, I'll do my best at answering this one. So, so um, the stack is flattening, right? The stack is flattening into an architecture with a, a, you know, a node and ecosystem architecture. So given that the best in class ERP system is one that fits into that ecosystem, it fits into that node and you know, all nodes are reporting to a central ecosystem type of architecture, um, right? SAP, I know that it supports it via way of the business connector, the SAP business connector from Sepasoft. That's a common way that we're integrating it into our unified namespace. Um, I do believe, I, I thought I heard that they're gonna start supporting it natively. So, you know, they're, they're, they're seeing the writing on the wall. They're seeing the growth and adoption of what we're doing. They're seeing the success of it and they're seeing more and more vendors jump on board. And so they're like, hey, why not um, write one connector and then my product now has access to this entire ecosystem through one connection that's secure. Um, what can we do with it? Right. It, 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 the possibilities are insane. So, um, 
you know, it's going to be a whole new Walker said this before. It's going to be a whole new wave of, uh, new art, new ERPs that come out. Um, right. I think this is, I was actually going to talk about this, right. When you think about the big three, I'm going to actually do another video on this, but like this kind of relates to this one. You know, maybe there's like big three SAP or SAP or, you know, the big three ERP vendors, or, you know, maybe it's Oracle and SAP and another one. But when anytime there's a big three in anything, it's not really a good thing. It's more of an oligarchy situation. The big three are going to become the big one and plus many, many, many others, right? It's going to be the big one. It's going to be a big ecosystem, right? It's going to be a big, like, like a, uh, Tesla, for example, right? The big three auto manufacturers are going to be the big one down the road. Um, or it's going to be, right, like the Amazon, right? There's no big three retailers anymore. It's going to be the big one retailer, Amazon, plus many, 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 many um, individual sellers, right? People like you and me. So that's same thing with 4.0, right? The 4.0 solutions ecosystem is going to be the big one ecosystem with many, 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 many nodes in that ecosystem. So anyone that, anyone's that, um, you know, that see the writing on the wall, they, they, they make the required changes, right? It's, it's not a huge development lift to, to get on board, right? It's more of a, do you align with the values in the mission or are you just strictly profit driven and you want to capitalize on every dollar in the short term? Walker said, Walker has said, <laughs> Walker has said in another video, I could say this cause he said it in another video, Rockwell will support spark plug B. They will. Then maybe, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but eventually they will support spark plug B. So I hope, yeah. Um, as far as a specific one, um, Odoo, Odoo is a good open source one or, uh, SAP B1. I think Walker said, it, he, uh, he I forget exactly which SAP, but you know, if it's a big manufacturer, SAP is not a bad choice. But there's going to be more that are you're going to build. You're going to build your you're going to build your ecosystem from a you know a handful of components, right? You're going to select this for MES. You're going to select that for ERP, or maybe you're going to select these three different applications that together form your ERP layer, right? That's what you're going to be doing. That's going to be your competitive edge. The way you build your digital ecosystem, the way you architect your digital strategy, that's your competitive edge, right? Got to hear it from Blake. Blake, if you're if you're listening, let us know when you're going to support Sparkplug B. Next on the list. <laughs> this is perfect timing. <laughs> hey, Sparkplug B, what's, what's with the big boy clothes? I just met with the executives and showed them how our equipment can discover each other. <laughs> Your equipment gets discover. Oh boy. Don't worry, OPC. There's plenty of work for both of us. Why go on? Just let me die, lie here and deprecate. So this is actually like the third or fourth joke like this that Matt Paris has shared. Um, it's funny because Matt Paris literally works at the end user. He works for one of the companies that is making headway in industry 4.0. They made news last week. Um, and he's saying, you know, these are the reasons why we are adopting Sparkplug B despite the shortcomings with this OPC UA data model that is too heavyweight for our needs and doesn't have the, the biggest thing is this, the self-discovery, right? One connection exposed the entire ecosystem. Um, yeah. So join the discord if you want more giggles like that. And then uh, I think we're almost coming to an end here. Wow. it's perfect timing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share this. Many of you guys have already figured it out, but there's a, there's a gaming channel now and there's a, an economy game. Energy 4.0 community discord economy. So there's 4.0 coins. It's a currency. Um, the way that you can mine this currency is uh, every day you can do, and this is uh, in the, you want to go into the hashtag gaming channel to do this, but you could do exclamation point daily to claim your daily reward, which varies from 50 to 120 coins. If you claim your daily reward four days in a, or seven days in a row, you get up to a four times multiplier. And there's also a different gambling games. So you can play rock, paper, scissors, you can roll dice. You could, um, you could play roulette. There's a, there's a few other games, uh, that you can play and you can gamble up to 240 coins each game. There's also a store. So 
uh, we've actually, it's almost like an RPG, like a, you know, role-playing game where on the store you, you can actually buy, um, items and the items that we have available for sale right now, it's like, um, it, I actually own in my inventory, I own a PLC, I own high bite, I own factory studio and I own ignition and I'm working on saving up for a full canary enterprise license right now. Um, after that we're still adding items to the store, right? So like, I want to add flow software to the store. I want to add, um, like AWS credits. I want to add different, you know, different components to this, this game, just cause it's kind of fun. You know I mean? You don't have to play, but the people that have been playing have been really serious about it. Like, um, like, and they're buying the, buying it and stuff. So it's, it's kind of fun and it's something that's evolving. It's getting better after you, you join. Because if it didn't, it wouldn't be Industry 4.0. All right, um, moving on to this last one here. Oh, I think that was it. So that's going to be it. All right, Vaughn, I'm going to add you back. See if we can do this here. All right. If you guys have any uh, questions, 37 of you uh, still joining. Wow, thank you. I'm going to leave a link to join the Discord in the chat. Join Discord. If you guys have any more questions, or if you guys want to join, if someone wants to join, I will leave a link to join. Join, join the call right now and ask a question live. Um, next week, we have Dwayne Warden on the live community spotlight. So Dwayne has been in our mentorship program. And he's the guy that you call to get a panel built. If you got a, you know, if you got a control panel that you need built with some PLC um, components, some terminal blocks, some switches, you know, the whole nine. Dwayne's your guy. He, he actually bought the PLC Next starter kit, and so he's, you know, if you want to build a PLC Next panel, he's your guy. So, and I'm sure there's more guys and girls too and the, there's a ton of them in the discord but he's the one i'm thinking of right now texas warden dude's got major field chops thanks dan i'm gonna share i'm gonna share my um i'm gonna share my screen real, real quick i'm gonna share the discord i don't think we've ever done this uh entire screen i don't think we've ever done this Can you see this? Oh. There we go. Can you see this? So this is the Discord. This is the official industry 4.0 community Discord. So when you first join, information is at the top has a welcome log. So everyone that does join, hey, someone joined Mastermind. Woohoo, let's go. Congrats, Marty. Thank you for joining Mastermind. That reminds me, we have a Mastermind this Friday. So uh, shameless plug, Digital Factory Mastermind. Every, every month we're doing a new Mastermind, um, helping accelerate your training and um, being able to deliver industry 4.0 digital transformations for manufacturers, whether you're a system integrator or an end user you're in our mentorship program, you want to become a solution architect, you're ready to take that next step. Uh, you can join Mastermind at any time and you'll, you'll be able to watch all the recordings, catch up, and you'll be able to have access to this Mastermind chat right here. So we get a lot of questions, we get a lot of people reaching out to us. The best way to, um, you know, to filter that to the top, so to speak, is to, you know, when Walker, you know, comes in here, the first thing he checks is Mastermind, Mentorship, and questions so questions um mastermind or mentorship can ask in but then we also have a step one training um and we're also going to have a new channel right here for step two training so next month there'll be a new channel step two training so that you know that builds on step one and many of you guys that have finished your step one training you guys are either waiting to have your practical test reviewed or you're working on your practical as you're making your way through step one 
um, then you'll you know be able to move on to step two. So we'll have that for you guys. And then so that's kind of under IOT.university. But then industry 4.0, this we have a ton of different topics here ranging from IoT, unified namespace, digital transformation. Those are some of the most popular channels. But then we also have reference architectures. This alone right here is a gold mine. You know, if you're developing industry 4.0 architecture and you're not going through this reference architectures thread and just seeing what other people are doing and yeah, yeah you're missing out on a lot of free value here um those of you are in, that are in here then i'm preaching to the choir you already know this so business cases uh vision this is a new channel so new topics are also coming up which is really cool this is a kind of a, a fluid space you'll come in and you'll see new things vision was a recently one added and right away like one one comment so one person posted something and then next thing you know there's a 20 or 30 message thread and 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 someone's developing a new prototype for a machine vision application using using arduino h7 um, machine vision right so historian right blockchain robotics wireless security virtual reality everything you could imagine then we also have this automation stack channel down here some of you guys may not have noticed this because it's all the way down here at the bottom on the left but you've got cloud enterprise resource planning funny funny little quick sidebar we had to change the name from hashtag erp to hashtag enterprise resource planning the reason why is um because erp stands for erotic role playing in discord so if you're in other discord channels and you see an erp channel be forewarned <laughs> um but at, on that note, it, you know, every Friday also we do like uh, voice calls every Friday too. It, there's like a voice channel. You can connect with other people. A lot of times when, you know, I'm, I'm working with a client or one of our, our, you know, students, I'll just call them on discord and see how they're doing. Right. So definitely join the discord. There'll be a link for that down below or no, there's a link for that right here on the screen. IOT.university slash discord. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you guys uh, next week on another live stream. Thanks for watching.